This is the NBL Show. Play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Ah, uh, yes, indeed. Welcome to the NBL Show on SEN. Round one of the NBL season in the books, and it did not disappoint. At one stage, we wondered, will we ever get there? And it certainly was worth the wait. Uh, Peter Hooley joins me, as always. Sam Hargraves here as well. And Pete, what a round one it was. Oh, it's what we deserved, as you said. We've waited so long, and we got to see some epic basketball, some surprises, some absolute stars in the making, some stars now. And we're only five games in. Plenty more to come. Uh, it's going to be a great show. One of the greatest ever. Uh, this man just wins championships for fun. He's one of the most highly respected, highly regarded, and uh, highly credentialed guests that we maybe ever had on the show. The man himself, the king of the West, Damien Martin. Oh, he is. He's one. Anything he could do, he will be a Hall of Famer. At. He's just that kind of bloke and best guy to be around. You learn from. He's got a massive part in making that Perth Wildcats organization as successful as it's been. It's going to be great to chat to him transitioning into commentary. We'll get his insights on that. He's going to be phenomenal at that. Nothing he can't do. Pretty sure he saved someone's house burning the last year or something. What? I remember there was something in the paper. He, he's do it. He's Superman in the NBL. That's what he really is. And I can't wait to chat to him. Six-time NBL champion. One of the great NBL careers. It'll be wonderful and a real treat to chat to him. But Pete, let's relive the results from round one. And of course, round two all set to start Wednesday night between the 36ers and the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Round two for those guys uh, as well. The double overtime game, which we'll talk about, was a thriller. Uh, and then the schedule for round three has been released. But let's go through round one as it happened. Started off um, on Friday, 36ers and United. Tight game for a good portion of it. And then United flexed their muscle, 89-65 to 65 victory. CG 43-5 from 11 from beyond the arc. Yeah, Adelaide did really well in the first half. Went into the break leading and then United just showed their depth. They came out and were on fire and pretty much a little scary for every other team watching the capabilities they have coming off the bench. Landau was good. CG was good. Udai Barber, really good, really exciting mm. talent. Jack White looks ready to go. Oh, yeah. And it kind of exposed a lot of question marks about that Adelaide 36ers team, but they did well to bounce back. Yeah, they did. And and we'll talk about Daniel Johnson at some point, but uh, this man, extraordinary numbers to start off the season. Uh, in that game alone, 27 points, and he was a real threat uh, in the paint. Well, he's the only one who scored in double figures for him, and anything he can do, he just does it so well. He has to be one of the most underrated players in NBL history. We, we take him for granted how consistently good he is, and... He puts up these numbers so efficiently on good teams and bad teams. He's just always been that way. And we got to start taking uh, what we're seeing, uh, not taking for granted because he's just an exceptional talent. Uh, Jock Landale, 10 points, eight rebounds, uh, three assists as well. How did you see his first NBL game for United? This is a man that comes highly touted, as we know, and the highest paid player in the NBL. Yeah, he was good. He, was, he wasn't a massive standout. He's still going to find exactly where he fits, and that's going to be the key for United is finding where all their elite pieces fit. But he just looked like he, he was a class above. He, he's got that length. He's got that athleticism. Missed a couple bunnies, but that's going to come with game time and just love seeing him in the league. Points off the bench was an issue, I thought, for United last year. That's certainly not the case in this game. 16 points to Joe Luala Chul. Fantastic to see mm. his development continue. Uh, Barber, as you say, 10 points. And Shay Illy, uh, 13 points for him. Uh, it was a, a fantastic outing. Uh, and he was able to connect uh, when last year that was a bit of an issue for him being able to score in his time on the floor. So all in all, some big positives for Melbourne United. Uh, the next game... 
saw the come on computer uh, the Brisbane Bullets eighty four to ninety the Hawks and the Hawks really are the big story of the round. Brian Gorgian back at the helm of an NBL side just feels right. And uh, haven't they just clicked in? I mean, it's not often that you lose a guy that goes number three in the NBA draft and you yeah. look actually a better and more well-rounded side. Oh, they do. They look so well-drilled. And just listening to one of their imports, Justin Simon, who already to me is the most exciting player we're watching. He has to be the, the front runner for defensive player of the year. Not just his on-ball defense, but the way he reads it when he's not guarding the ball is incredible. But his energy, and he said something in the post game saying it all starts from Brian Gorgian, but the team's bought in. They've had adversity. They've been away from home on the road, like a lot of teams, and they've just bought into that challenge, and they look exceptional. So uh, from a Bullets point of view, what did you see? Uh, what's going to be their issue for the year? Is there already something that's concerning you about the Bullets? A little bit. And I know you're a Bullets man, so I you know, you, this hurts you a little bit. I just want them – I think they need that true point guard. Is What we've always said is I think Sobey's really good in that too, where he can just – Flourish as a scorer, and you can bring Drimmick into mm. the three. That's what I'd love to see. I just want that true point guard who can set things up and get everybody in the right spots, facilitate, play good D. And I think that's one of the pieces they're missing. Victor Lord, make no mistake, he's an all-NBL caliber player. He looked outstanding. Orlando Johnson, a bit of a niggle injury, didn't play too much, so that's a little bit of a worry. But i just like to see that so you can put Sobe in his natural athletic position. And they got contributions from, from mm. all over the place. I mean, Drimmich, 14 points. Um, but you look at their starters, Law 14, Kadee 12, Froling 10, and, and Sobe 19. Um, they, they, were getting, they were getting input from everywhere. They just seem to be lacking something. Yeah, and I think it is that little bit of depth as well. When that's come, you've got Tanner Krebs, you've got these young guys coming in. But just another well-rounded piece would help them. But Froling looked really good as well. We talk about most improved players. He's putting his foot forward. Hey, we wanted to see what kind of side the Sydney Kings were going to be this year. The Cairns Taipans were a side that you said would be making finals, no doubt. They were pushed all the way by the Kings, who led for big chunks of this game. In the end, uh, it went down to the wire, 87 to 86 in the end. Um, take us through this game. It was absolutely worth uh, the price of admission. Oh, it was. And Cairns, it's not the Cairns we're used to seeing. Last year, they had no expectations. They really hung their hat on defense. And when they got stops, they could get out and run. And that's when they were the best to watch and they had fun and the crowd got around them. Their defense has been a little poor in the first two games they played in round one, so they're going to have to focus on that. But the Kings surprised me. They didn't shoot very well. Didi didn't shoot well. Casper didn't shoot well. Jarrell Martin looks like a stud. He's going to come back and be even better with the more minutes he plays. But they've got a couple pieces that are going to have to lift and Adam Ford's giving them opportunities. They really surprised me and I think the Kings will be better than what we think. Uh, and what did you see from the can- from Cairns? You, you, you're a big rap for this side. Um in the end, Machado was looked to be the real difference mm, between he, both of the teams. Mm. How did you see it? Oh, he was outstanding. When, when the game's on the line, he's just going to make the right decision. He, he picks and chooses when to get guys involved, when to go and score himself. He's the best point guard in the competition, and he showed that in, in the clutch. But I think that their defense is the worry, and especially a couple of days later when they played the Hawks, it really stood out. And You've got to try and get stops, and that's what they did last year, and their defense wasn't there. And they, I think they got away with one against the Kings. The Kings were the better side for 90% of that game, and that's what Mike Kelly will be preaching to them. A couple of Cam Oliver free throws got them at one point up, and they were able to hold on. It was a frenetic sort of final minute and a half. Nobody could score, and they were able to hold on, and, and the Kings certainly did have uh, their chances. Uh, the next game, this was an absolute thriller. Uh, double overtime. You did this game. Mm. The 36ers get their first win of the year over the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, 116 to 108. 
but the Phoenix absolutely had their chances to ice this game and maybe even prevent it from getting to one overtime, let alone two. Oh, well, Mitch Creek missed two free throws that he'd want back, especially playing against his old team. But you're right, they missed so many wide-open threes, and the Phoenix are going to have to be a team that knocked them down. Cam Glidden didn't shoot particularly well. Uh, Ruben Tarangi didn't shoot very well. So they're going to be a team that's going to have to shoot and make a lot of threes. But on the other side, Josh Giddy, we're going to talk about him a lot next oh, yeah. He was incredible. Took a hard fall in the start of overtime, coming off a dunk. It looked like he hit his face. He landed on his face, and you could see he had a cut lip, a little dazed. So he's out tomorrow night with a delayed concussion, which is a bit scary. But mm. he was outstanding. For an 18-year-old, the poise he has, he's got to get the keys soon, and he's just exciting talent. And he's got a little bit of aggression about him. Mm. He really attacks the ring. We saw that. He's got a real intent about the way he plays. He certainly doesn't look intimidated. And as uh, a friend and colleague always says, this ain't no cupcake league. No, exactly right. He, he just, the composure and the Big maturity. Big shout out to Homicide. Yeah, always. The maturity he plays with for an 18-year-old is incredible. Like, always makes the right decision. And he said something in the media that he threw a half-court pass at the end of the first half and got into, uh, intercepted by Yanni Wetzel, who's going to be a stud as well. Mm. And he hit a half-court shot. So he said he learned from all that. And, Start, and you can hear, see the vets around him always. He's just taking it all in. He's just a real be, student of the game. Oh, it's it's going to be the sky's the limit for him. So DJ again, Daniel Johnson, thirty three points. He was just extraordinary. Uh, he was huge, and and they got real help from Humphreys, who's come off a stint in the NBA. Twelve rebounds uh, for him. So there's a real look about that. He had fourteen points as well. So they're well served in the big man category. And Giddy, as you say, sixteen points uh, from Southeast Melbourne, new look side. Uh, John Robeson was a revelation last year. Um, I think had the best three-point percentage for most of the year. Was just dropping bombs left, right, and center. He's out. And, and the man that they've brought in at point had a fantastic yeah. game first up. Kiefer Sykes, 11 assists to go with 18 points. He seems to me like a pass-first point guard. And you know that you and I are big fans mm-hmm. of those kind of point guards. And Yanni Wetzel, as you mentioned as well, was fantastic. 24 points and 11 rebounds. Mitch awesome. Creek, 30 points. Oh, Mitch Creek, he's going to be the heart and soul. We know that. But Sykes was a really nice watch, I think. He's just mm. a really composed player and athlete. He's got that quick step. Better defender than Robeson was. He's going to have a massive year. But Yanni Wetzel, hadn't seen too much of him. Liam Santa Maria was high on him. He was outstanding, and I think he's going to have a big year. How he fits in when Dane Pineau comes back from injury, it's going to be interesting, but he's incredible, Yanni Wetzel. So the last game to finish off round one uh, before we get into round two tomorrow night, probably the best, most dominant performance of the of the opening round we saw, and it was from the Illawarra Hawks, 92-76 to 76 over the Taipans, 16-point win, and they never looked like getting beaten. No, they didn't. From the jump, they just set a tone, and they were down. Dengadel was out, injury. Cam Bairstow rolled his ankle 10 minutes before the tip. He was out, so they were undermanned, and they literally just put on a clinic. Their offense, Justinian Jessup, tough night against Brisbane, shot the lights out last night. He was looking really good. Um, Justin Simon is just one to watch. His energy had a double-double is, is unmatched. I think he's just an exciting one to watch. And then Tyler Harvey... There's talks about him leading the league and scoring, and you can see why when you watch him play. So we're going to start off doing what I want to continue on. Last week we did your Hooli uh, starting five, mm. where you picked a starting five, and we went to see whether they could stay in there for the for the whole year. And it wasn't too dissimilar to the NBL, all NBL side. So you, you picked the eyes out of that one. This year we've got a new segment. We're going to call it the Hooli hierarchy. Ooh, so after pressure. after the first round, from what you've seen and from the preseason as well, I want you to give us your top four ranked sides, your Hooli hierarchy. 
starting with number four. Number four. Well, I've got the Taipans in number four. Now, we haven't seen Perth or New Zealand. We see them for the first time this no. week. So I've got to keep them out just because we haven't seen them. But I've got the Taipans. They were a little bit disappointing. I know they clawed out a win, but just the way they were playing wasn't the cans of old. Um, hopefully they can get back to what they hung their hat on last year and what they were really good at. So a uh, little disappointing what I saw from them, but it's still early. Number three. I've got the Sydney Kings. Hey. Now they're on one, which might be weird, but the way they played, they've got pieces and they looked good. They looked a lot better. They were well coached by Adam Ford. Uh, they actually looked really surprising. Jarrell Martin's going to be a stud. Casp had an off-shooting night. Didi had an off-shooting night, but DJ Vasilovic came in, mm. got him up, was knocking him down. So they've got some pieces that they can look all right. Two. The Hawks. I think the Hawks, they were good. They're 2-0, the first time they started uh, round one and 2-0 and for a long time. Brian Gorgian just knows what he's doing. But not only that, they've bought into what he wants to do, and they look really good. And number one? Melbourne United. Yep. Can't go past them. Just what they did in the second half and the pieces they have, they won that game by 24. Scotty Hobson had four points. Like that's, if that doesn't scare you, I'm not sure what will. Beautifully done. Righto, let's take a break. NBL show on SEN, Sam Hargraves and NBL champion Peter Hooley. Coming up next, a man who makes even Pete's championship just pale in this in, into, well, not insignificance, no, but I'll in take comparison. It. Yeah, I'll take it. Because one is a, is phenomenal. Six it's ridiculous. is yeah. next world. It is insane. So we'll speak to a man that's done that. Damien Martin, one of the greats, will join us next on the NBL show on SEN. And you can watch the Hungry Jacks NBL season on SBS Viceland. ESPN On Demand and Twitch. All games before 7.30 will be broadcast on SBS Viceland. All games after 7.30 on ESPN. All games streamed on SBS On Demand and Twitch. You're listening to the NBL Show. Play NBL Fantasy for free. You could win $5,000 plus daily prizes at nbl.com.au slash fantasy. Uh, yes, indeed. Welcome back to the NBL show. Sam Hargraves, NBL champion, Peter Hooley with you. And it is an absolute privilege to be speaking to our next guest. What do you say about a career that spans 13 seasons, 342 games, six NBL champions, championships, uh, so highly regarded as this man uh, defensively that we now give the award for the best defensive player of the regular season in his honour, mm. named after him. It doesn't get much better than that. Uh, it is a privilege to be speaking to one of our best ever. Damien Martin, hello to you. Oh, what an introduction. Feel free to call me weekly. That was great for the ego. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're just thrilled that you've, you've come on our show. And uh, now we, we get to speak to you and, and with the words former uh, NBL and, and, and <laughs> basketball player, but now current uh, commentator. You're moving into a new phase of life. Um, mate, you went out on a, a high, albeit a, a weird high, with how last season finished. Have you had time to reflect now and and look back over not just last year, but but over your whole career and and what springs to mind when you do sit and ponder it all? Yeah, the few times I've spoken about it, it's always been in a public setting. To be honest, I actually haven't had a moment just to sit down and and reflect by myself. I'm probably just not that type of guy, but. When I've been asked questions about the highlights, it, it's hard to go past first and foremost the Olympics uh, and then you know the championships. And each one of them was special for different reasons. But the first one was just sheer joy, sheer elation, winning your first championship. The year we had James Ennis, you know, that was almost as much relief as it was anything because of how we 
you know, had the won the pre-season, you know, went 12 and one to start the regular season, had all the pressure on us. So by the time the siren sounded, it was just, you know, almost a sign of relief on everyone's face, opposed to how it was the year prior or two years earlier when we won our first one. And then on from there, everyone has been special. But yeah, the friendships, the championships, uh, the stories told are, are the things that sit with me that most. Do you think it's really hit you yet? Obviously, it's been a different kind of time with the COVID stuff. And you, you mentioned just before we had on air about you can't really go and see the team practice. Do you think it's going to be when you're there watching that first game and the itch is kind of there or it's not there that it'll hit you? Yeah, definitely. It has been weird because I was juggling basketball with the Wildcats with real estate for the last two seasons. I was playing just because I knew that the end was near. It was inevitable at some stage I'd have to retire and I wanted to transition into the working force, you know, with a bit of, you know, education under my belt. So for me, it just went from instead of having, you know, wait at 6.30 in the morning and, and training, I'll just sleep into 9 or play with the kids actually until about 9am and then step into the real estate a bit earlier. So it was a pretty smooth transition where I didn't miss the game because COVID was so strict that I couldn't go in and watch it even if I wanted to. So seeing them play, you know, on Sunday at RAC and not being a part of it, that's probably when it really is going to hit home, like you mentioned. And I'll probably feel the, the actual retirement <laughs> come to come to fruition knowing that I've got nothing to do with the club right now. Well, we know you're a coffee connoisseur. So is it now that you're in an office setting purely, more coffee or less coffee than when you were an athlete? Oh, way more coffee, way more of everything. <laughs> if, if Trev decided he wanted to call me up, if he called me into the office and saw how I look right now, he'd be like, ah, we're good. Thanks anyway, mate. <laughs> it's, uh, it's the best my body's felt, but the worst it's looked. So I don't, I don't, I don't steer my first few steps thinking, what am I going to rupture or tear in the morning? All that pain is gone, but I sweat a lot easier than what I was accustomed to. Damien Martin, uh, what were your overall impressions of round one? It was just brilliant that we were able to get round one uh, off and going. It looked at some points like maybe we weren't going to be able to and, and the work that the NBL's done um, in getting this Larry and Jeremy and everybody involved, getting us to this point with all the pivots that have had to go on. Um, certainly you guys know all about pivoting. Um, this is – you'd have a very sore foot, I'd imagine, with all the pivoting that's been done uh, from the competition. Oh, but to it's get been going, incredible. Yeah. Sorry, it has. As you mentioned, Larry and Jeremy, they must wake up with the headache and go to bed with a headache. It's amazing that we've got through, you know, some games this weekend. It'll be an evolving thing as COVID is, but it's just great to see some basketball out there. And there's so many stories behind the scenes that hopefully some of them eventually come to the surface. I mean, what New Zealand are doing, you know, they've got wives and kids they are away from home. Uh, you know, Southeast Melbourne, I think, are in Tasmania for a bunch of weeks. Mitch Norton... <laughs> With all the restrictions, he has to shower outside under a hose, I believe, because he's not allowed to share the same bathroom uh, when they're in that two-week quarantine posting in Queensland. So I took great joy in making sure he didn't break protocol and he was having a morning shower under a hose. So it's just funny, the restrictions that Mm. are implemented, because at the end of the day, his wife, his fiancée, Sasha's still out and about going to work. But it's just trying to do everything you can to, you know, potentially limit the effects of COVID impacting the NBL. But... It's inevitable and it'll be an evolving thing. And so far, so good. And touch wood, we get through a whole season. So round one, what was your takeaway? Who impressed? Oh, it's hard to go past Illawarra. I, you know, to go two and zip, a lot of people pipped them to be, you know, wooden spooners. I mean, to have 24, seven three-pointers between, you know, the next-gen star and, and import. I thought those guys in particular were brilliant. Uh, Daniel Johnson, you know, he has to be player of the round. I know they went one-on-one to split it. And then obviously Giddy, the, the show you put on. I, I think 
and you know, Pete, you might agree with me here and we're just biased, but I think that point guard position is the hardest one to play, mm. in particular as a rookie, because I used to froth at the mouth when I was playing against opposing rookies in my position just to get after them. But he played with the same poise and patience as, you know, he did remind me a lot of what we saw from Lamelo Ball last week. We tried getting after him and nothing seemed to phase him. And he's just cool and calm. And to see imports and veterans on the team when it got to crunch time looking for Giddy to come and grab the ball and control them, you know, that's a special talent right there. It's funny that you say that you kind of preyed on these rookies when you had that matchup because when I had to line up against you, I was packing it. I was not <laughs> not keen at all for that one. So it's funny that it's revolved. Now, we touched a little bit now. Great honor, and I'm glad that it is the, the Defensive Player of the Year is going to be named after you. I kind of threw it on the little Trash Talk podcast. That I'd love to have your input in whoever wins that because it has been a stat-driven award in the past, and it is a lot around the, year, uh, around the world in this kind of Defensive Player of the Year. But the way you see defenders is different than what stats would suggest. So I might try and put a petition, but would you be happy to have a big say in it? <laughs> I am happy to be involved in the in the judging of it. I don't think it's going to go too far because I think everyone knows deep down that as much as I'm going to try and be unbiased when I start the course yeah. psychometry, <laughs> it's going to be hard not to be favouring Perth, at least uh, for the foreseeable future. So I uh, am happy to be a judge, but I don't like my chance to get the call up. <laughs> So, Damien, uh, your commentary debut, when will we see that and who have you got? Yeah, it's, it's actually on Sunday. So, the Wildcats tip off their season against South East Melbourne here in Perth. Uh, and I'll, I'll probably just shadow Sean Redditch, to be honest. He's been doing courtside commentary for a number of years now. So, the two of us will work together on this first game. And as I start building a bit of confidence and hopefully don't get fired, then... I'll uh, eventually do it by myself on the court side and kind of switch off with Sean, which is perfect because I can enjoy one game with the kids in the stands and then the next game being amongst it on the commentary team. Well, I got the dates wrong, but I am calling that game with you, I believe, as well. So I'm looking forward to that and, and your insights and the first time we get to see the Wildcats play. And I know there's been a lot of talk about the Wildcats this year and a lot going on with Bryce's citizenship and all that. But when you have such a winning culture implemented from the top down, you can never really write them off. Do you think they're going to be prepared for all the potential uh, disruptions from that COVID point of view of they're from WA and how that all impacts everything with COVID stuff, that they're going to be ready for that? Yeah, it's, it's hard to tell. I mean, to be honest, I was lucky enough to be part of six championships and only once I think we had the best team on paper and that was the James Ennis years. The other five, you've got to have skill and other aspects to get to the postseason. But then after that, it, it is the intangibles, the things above your shoulders. And that's where the Wildcats culture goes to another level so you know any team that has Bryce and you've got to remember Bryce is actually only just coming into his prime basketball years so I believe we haven't even seen the best of him yet oh, wow. so when you've got Bryce you've got some veterans in guys like Jesse Wagstaff even though Nordo's only young he's been in the league for what feels like forever um, you know Quinn Stein or Toddy Blanchfield is a huge pickup. Kev White so I'm happy with the roster they've put together but you know every team is feeling pretty good about themselves right now because year after year the skill level just continues to improve What's the reasonable expectation for the Wildcats then? Should they be aiming a championship again? Or do you think that there might be some teams that are ahead of them in that sort of pecking order at the early stages of this year? Oh, look, the goal is definitely a championship and they'll want to finish top two in the, in the regular season so they can have home court advantage for that round of semifinals. So the goals, I know what I can guarantee it's a championship. But then you look at what Melbourne did. I know it's only one game into it. The, the roster they put together, the people they recruited in the off-season... It's hard not to go past that roster, and they play some pretty impressive basketball in round one. So right now, I love the look of Melbourne and who they put together. 
you've got to go through the champs to win the title. So I think Perth will be right up there. But, you know, Illawarra, like I said, two and did the start the season. You've got Brian Gordon who's returned and some very, very promising Americans. Well, I don't know how they replace you. That's, a, that's the tall order for me. But, uh, mate, thank you so much. Good luck with the new transition or the transition into new career opportunities. And I'm sure you'll absolutely knock it out of the park in your commentary debut. Thanks so much for being on the NBL show. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. I'll probably get fired because I'll just spend the whole time on air trying to sell houses. But we'll see how we go. Looking forward to it. I need one over here, Dame. I need one over here. Help me out. (laughs) Conjunctional. I know a guy. I'll get you to call it. Beautifully done. My people speak to your people. Damien Martin, uh, legend of the NBL. Six championships and now uh, the Defensive Player of the Year will be named after that man. And that is absolutely fitting. Uh, Pete, still a little time for us to go through. Looking ahead to round two. We'll quickly get a tip from you. And then you've got the schedule for round three. We don't have a heap of time. So we'll just get into words. So 36 is in Phoenix Wednesday night, Adelaide Entertainment Centre. This is uh, round two, literally... Uh, for these guys. Yeah, they've got a couple mini-game series, two-game series, so they get to go back at around this round two. I think the Phoenix is going to be too good tonight, uh, in that game. Brisbane Bullets and the Hawks, the red-hot Illawarra Hawks. And and it was great to hear um, Damien mention uh, next uh, uh, Just, Justinian, Jessup. Mm. Uh, he was fantastic in that game the other night. I mean, he really showed what he was capable of, 24 points uh, to go along with the five rebounds and the two assists. Uh, Hawks or Bullets for you? Oh, I think the Hawks are just rolling right now. and They'll be loving that matchup. Uh, and, of course, they beat them in their first game uh, of the year against each other. 36ers, and we get to see New Zealand for the first time, a team that you have in, finishing in the top three. Oh, they're going to be outstanding. Corey Webster out hurts them, but I still think they can get that done with Ty Webster leading the charge. That's in Adelaide as well. Uh, up to Cairns Pop-Up Arena, the Taipans and the Kings. This is round two for these two teams as well. The one-point win to the Taipans in round one. It was a thriller. Yeah, I think the Cairns are going to go back, study film. Mike's going to have them really locking in on defense. They should come out better than they did against the Hawks. Wildcats in action for the first time in season uh, 2021 against Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. It's Perth. Perth are getting basketball back. The fans are going to be pumped. The players are going to be pumped. I reckon they get up for that one. Game of the round, Cairns and mm. Melbourne United on Monday, January the 25th. Well, I'm going to keep going Melbourne United until they make me say something otherwise. They're loaded and they've played well in that first game. Uh, what about round three? Schedule just came out today. Yeah, eight games in six days. It's loaded with basketball. You've got Bullets versus Kings, Adelaide, New Zealand again, Taipans against the Hawks again, Perth Southeast, these little two-game matchups. And then we get uh, Sunday, January 31st. Basketball is back in Victoria. Bendigo. Melbourne United and South East Melbourne Phoenix, the throwdown. Cannot wait for that. Brilliantly done. Pete Hooley, always a pleasure. Thank you, mate. Can't wait for next week. NBL show on SEN. You can watch the Hungry Jacks NBL on SBS Viceland, ESPN, SBS On Demand and Twitch. All games before 7.30 on SBS Viceland. All games after 7.30 on ESPN. All games on SBS On Demand and Twitch. Big Bash Nation up next on SEN. It's the Scorchers and the Heat.